The year 2020 has turned out to be the year that accelerated all of the things that we've been talking about that were coming in the future. And now they're here much faster than many of us expected. And that's what we're going to talk about on today's episode of Planet of the Agents. Welcome to the Ultimate Insurance Agency Podcast. Planet of the Agents. Planet of the Agents. Where we give you the real scoop on being an insurance agent and running an agency. This show is all about helping you focus on earning more money as an agent and building your own insurance empire. Empire. Here's your industry-leading host who has generated tens of thousands of insurance leads. This is Dave Baker. Welcome, 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 everybody, to another exhilarating episode of the Planet of the Agents podcast. As a quick reminder, you can always send me an email directly by emailing dave at planetoftheagents.com. And of course, I welcome you to check out the website planetoftheagents.com for the agency resources section and to join the club if you're interested. Today, we're going to talk about the year 2020, which really is the year that has just accelerated so many things. We knew that a lot of changes were coming to the insurance agents and brokers side of the business, you know, the producer side of the business, not just the companies, which are always working on advancing a little bit here and there and making some adjustments, but a lot of changes that people were expecting, including me, have come a lot faster than I thought they would happen. I remember saying things like, well, I don't picture a lot of people walking in to buy insurance from their agent in a few more years, maybe five or ten years. I kept talking about different changes that might come to the industry and that would affect agents and uh, you know retail producers out there over the coming years. But we are now so many months into this thing and... Things that were inevitably going to happen have basically happened, and I just don't think that a lot of them are ever going to go back to how they were. So it's going to require that agents continue to adjust their business models, and if you don't adjust your business model and the way that you are acquiring customers, servicing customers, retaining customers, and working on cross-selling and other things then the train is going to keep moving forward in the industry, and unfortunately, some people are going to be left behind. I'm already hearing stories about it, and I have to say it really breaks my heart because I've been in this business for almost 17 years now, and I've seen a lot of changes, but quite a few people were able to adapt. You know, obviously, there was the internet, which actually came before a lot of our times, Keep in mind that there are carriers that have been using the internet, uh, selling directly for quite some time before many of you were even in the business, and the competition has just gotten fiercer than ever. So let's talk about some of these things that have changed. I mean, there are just so many. Where do we even start? The first thing that really comes to mind, and keep in mind that this might not apply to your business model, although I feel like it seems to apply to a lot of people's models, is that walk-in business has come to a crawl. And realistically, that type of business may barely ever return. 
which means that if you depend on clients to walk into your agency, then you definitely might need to look at a major change in how you do business. I realize that there are some agencies that get random walk-ins here and there. A customer might find them on the web page and then just pop into their office from time to time. Uh, obviously not right now, but it's something that would happen in the past. It actually happened to us before in the past as well. And then there are those agencies that have signs up uh, in the shopping centers where they're located. Those agencies that ha used to have people twirling signs in the street trying to direct in business. I just don't know if that's ever going to return. Why is that? Well, think about this. People are being conditioned more and more and more right now to use the internet. I don't just mean from direct carriers. Even agencies are enhancing their internet offerings, which is great. I'm glad that people are out there improving what people can access, uh, meaning your clients can access on the internet. Actually, it could also be for potential clients, whether it's lead generation forms or some self-service or other things that you're making available without people having to even call you. The reality of the internet is that it gives companies the ability to do larger volume and to scale things. With a web page that offers self-service, you could theoretically be servicing 10 or 20 customers at a time. But if you had to have a customer walk in and sit at your desk, which is clearly the most time consuming, or if you had to take phone calls to make endorsements and small changes to personal lines policies, for example, you can only service one person at a time. You're only human. Even if you use an online chat system, you could service multiple people at a time. If you look at online chat systems, you'll notice that they give you a certain number of seats or people that can communicate in the system. And one online chat representative could potentially talk to four or five people at a time. Obviously, that's not as efficient as talking to one person at a time, but it certainly helps you service multiple people. If you've been thinking about online chat, by the way, check out uh, planetoftheagents.com's agency resources section in the software section. There's an online chat service that I have used that I like. It's not very expensive, and it's pretty cool because you can access it from your desktop or your laptop, whatever computer you're using, but you can also respond to people from your cell phone, which is great because that might save you a ton of time by sending a, a quick few answers to someone rather than saying you're going to call them back tomorrow or having them go somewhere else to get the service that they need. So what else has changed? Well... There's three new letters people just love to use. W-F-H. That's work from home. Work from home is more real than ever before. Not only are your clients working at home, but there's a good chance that you're working at home. If you're listening to this podcast, you're probably not listening in your car like you used to. Hopefully you're out exercising, running a few miles right now and listening to the show. Maybe I'm inspiring you. That'd be great. But the reality is that you're probably working from home. So like I said, it's not just your clients that are working from home. You're working from home. If you have a staff, they're working from home. And you might have had some work from home in your business. I know there are some agencies that would say things like people can work from home on Friday or they actually get rewarded with an opportunity to work from home. And depending on your setup and also your personality, it might be great for you. But it's not for everybody, 
and people are having to adjust to it. Think about it. When you go to a place of work, what do you focus on? You focus on your work. But when you're at home, what I've seen so many people do, or people have rather told me that during the workday, they'll be completing a series of personal tasks along with their work. And when I talk to some of them, I'm almost wondering when they're working at all. I remember someone told me that he was doing his laundry when he called me, and then as soon as he was done with that and we got off the phone, he had to go walk the dog. So at no point during this conversation was this person at a computer. Were they trying to remember what they were going to ask me? Yes. Was the person heavily distracted? Yes. Was the environment very noisy? Yes. There are a lot of people that used to tell me how they just dreamed of working from home. How it was, I was so lucky that if I needed to work from home, I could do that whenever I wanted to. Sure, I could do it. And in fact, I have a decent home office setup. I have multiple monitors. I have three monitors I'm looking at right now. I have a tablet that I use as a little television screen. Obviously, we have our cell phones. I have space to write if I need to, although I spend most of my time typing. But I really love being in a work environment. I find it inspiring. I find it energetic. I like the the gusto that I feel when I'm in a work environment. I loved being in an office. I love co-working spaces. I think that they're a lot of fun. And they're also inspiring because there are a lot of people working on projects around you, whether they're affiliated with your industry or not. It's just exciting and energetic to see all that stuff going on. I also miss the iced coffee machine that they had. There's something I certainly don't have at home. There's no free nitro coffee here. But if you're just getting used to working at home, make sure you're getting used to working at home. I don't know how temporary this is going to be. I know that there are agencies that have told me that they are still going to the office, but they're locking their doors or they're only allowing customers by appointments. Since I talk to people in different states, obviously there are different things going on where you have different rules that might apply to your business. So maybe people are allowed to enter or uh, your work team is allowed to go or not allowed to go. It just depends where you're located. You know, It's a very big country, so we have a lot of different things going on. But I'm hearing a lot of people tell me that they don't know if they want to keep paying for their office space, which I certainly understand. You know, it's It's expensive to have an office, but I think it's worth it if you can go to it and you can get everyone together. Even if you go to a co-working space, I think that's great too. I'm actually, at some point, going to discuss my experience working in a co-working space in insurance, although now is not really the best time because some of them are closed and they may be closed for a while. The other thing with work from home is that you have to... Let's start over. If you are working with commercial clients that previously had a location and now they're doing a different type of business or even the same business but working from home as opposed to an office, it's something that you need to discuss with your underwriters because there are carriers that don't allow people to work from home in their business. For example, you might have a, let's say, a restaurant that is now a food cart or a restaurant that has become a caterer. You might have someone who was doing manufacturing before at a location that met certain underwriter, excuse me, underwriting requirements, but they are now working from, say, a building at their house. Some people have some land, so they have an extra building, or maybe they work from their garage 
and there are carriers that simply won't allow that. So that's something you want to discuss when you're checking in with your clients. You can actually set up an amazing office from home. That is one thing I did want to mention. You can create a really great environment. I have one room that has no windows, and I actually took one of my old monitors and I put some outdoor scenes on it, and I thought that was great. At one minute, I was kind of looking at the ocean at my monitor, and then I was looking at some rain because I thought it's winter. Why not? Then I also uh, was looking at a city view. It would rotate every so many hours, and I thought, that's actually kind of relaxing. It makes me feel like I'm looking outside. It's been a long time since I've actually had a great view from any window seat that I had in an office, so I'm not too concerned with the exact view. It's just nice being able to see outside. That's just a little tip for those of you who are working from a space where you don't have any sort of outdoor view. I find that having a screen, even an iPad or anything with some scenery on it, can really make things a little bit better. Another interesting work-from-home trait that I'm seeing is that people are dressing better on video calls. I remember when people were saying things like, oh, they had you know bad hair days because of what's going on, or they haven't cut their hair for who knows how long. Now, I'm seeing people get better video cameras, and on top of that, they're actually dressing quite nicely. I recently heard someone say that they purchased a lot of tops recently. And for those of you who don't know that term, that would mean shirts or, you know, things you wear above the waist. So uh, the person was wearing shorts uh, off-camera, but on-camera they were putting on a lot of nice tops, and I thought that was pretty catchy. So... Let's take a quick break, and then we're going to get right back into what else has changed and things that you need to think about. I want to take a moment to talk to you about one of the most common questions that I hear. It's how can I offer my clients more products and increase my monthly revenue? Well, one of my favorite ideas is creating a membership club for your agency. The team at startamembershipclub.com can help you with a turnkey system that will create a club for your clients, which will not only help you generate more revenue, but that will also create brand recognition for your agency. Your clients will frequently be reminded of your agency's name and to contact you for their insurance needs each time that they log in. Check out startamembershipclub.com today and use discount code PLANET for 10% off. So what else has changed? That's a good question. Something I'm hearing from a lot of people, and I hear it in other shows, I hear it from agents I talk to. In fact, I'm quite surprised how many people I hear about this from. It's the use of outsourced services and VAs, which would be virtual assistants. I'm actually impressed with how many people are familiar with this already. And I know it's helped a lot of agents I've talked to. If you're not familiar with the term virtual assistant, it means somebody that does not work perhaps directly for you, clearly doesn't work in your office because they're virtual, and there's a good chance that that person lives in another country. And that virtual assistant provides services such as back office services, data entry, this popular term they like to use called business process outsourcing or BPO. And they tend to do a lot of tasks that you might consider time-consuming, redundant, or repetitive. For example, let's say that you wanted to requote 50 people. 
Well, you could train someone how to enter their data into various quoting systems, and your cost might be significantly less than what you would pay someone who is full-time on your staff. Perhaps that person works you know, 20 hours a week or 30 hours a week, and they might be paid of just uh, half of what you used to pay somebody else, or even less, depending on the situation. I'm hearing a lot of people using these services. It's, it's shocking. I can't believe how quickly the increased use of virtual assistants has occurred. Now, there are some outsourced services which are readily available that have been around for a long time that some agents have been using for a very long time, such as answering services where people will answer your phone instead of allowing someone to go to a voicemail, or they will answer the phone after hours. Now, some of you probably direct your clients to a carrier automatically after hours, but not everyone has that option, especially if you work with multiple carriers. One noteworthy thing when working with a virtual assistant is just to make sure that you're only allowing them to do tasks that are approved or legal based on your location. Keep in mind if someone is in a different country and unlicensed, clearly they cannot sell insurance. That's not a secret, and I wouldn't even want to risk your E&O with something like that. Next, there's another thing I hear about, and I live it myself, so I understand. It's that people aren't driving. If you live in a state where people commute a lot, then you're probably hearing customers tell you that they're not driving as much. And because they're not driving as much, what does that mean? You guessed it. They want to pay less. So this is a compounding thing that's going on. Not only are people constantly bombarded with advertisements telling them how they can just pay so much less by just spending a few minutes of their time doing an analysis or calling a carrier or going online, but now they're actually driving less. So they expected to pay less for no reason, and now they really expect to pay less. That is a dilemma, again, kind of depending on where you're located. If you live in a state that uses mileage or where you work with a carrier that rates the price based on mileage, there are some carriers that simply don't want clients who drive a certain number of miles. There are some that have different payment plans based on the number of miles that a client uh, drives annually or is estimated to drive annually, and that can make it difficult for you to get a requote. So what does that mean? There's a decent chance that you're reshopping personal auto customers more than ever. Commercial auto customers tend to be based on the radius that they drive, so it's a little bit different. You know, when you're looking at just the radius you drive, say 50 miles to 300 miles, that's different than the actual number of miles that you drive per year. I do foresee the rise of more and more pay-per-mile uh, carriers and plans that will be available, which probably will not involve the usage of agents. Unless you're a mega agent or you have a great online platform or a bunch of APIs that you can connect to make things better, the reality is I've looked at some of the pay-per-mile plans. I might have only seen one so far, and I did notice that it was something that you purchased online, and I don't know if it's actually even available for independent agents or other agents to sell. So that's a new uh, piece of competition that you're going to see more and more. I've also, of course, seen 
and heard quite a bit of people who are telling me that they're being forced to reshop their personal lines customers just over and over again because they're very price conscious right now. Some people aren't working, and that's very understandable. But some people simply are leaving their cars in the garage, and they're just not driving, so they just don't feel like they should have to pay for the coverage. From a consumer's point of view, it is understandable. Obviously, there are still risks of comprehensive claims. You know, something could fall on the car, an animal could jump on it. Who knows what could happen? But again, it's like spinning your wheels. When you have to spend a lot of time moving clients from carrier to carrier, you're giving back the commission from one side, you're hoping to get a new commission from the other side, you're now selling a lower cost policy, you're also selling something that might have a lower commission overall. I can think of times when I had to switch someone from a carrier that paid, say, 15%, and the new carrier pays only 12%. But on top of that, they're also paying a lower premium. So it's kind of a double whammy, if you will. What can you do about this? Well, you can certainly discuss the options that are available from your carriers. Make sure that you're familiar with the different discounts that are available. And some carriers offer a low mileage option. I've seen it as a checkbox on different web pages where they might have to report their mileage at a certain point during the year or the following year, depends on the situation. But make sure you're familiar with those things. And there might just be simple adjustments that you could make to someone's policy that wouldn't require you to do a complete reshop and you'd be able to satisfy the client. Obviously, we're all hoping things go back to the way they were. And hopefully that will happen sooner than later. You know, Americans have always had a passion for driving their cars. And I know there are people who long to get back out on the road once again. Interestingly, if you work with clients for motorcycle insurance, I've been reading a little bit uh, on the forums and other sites that people are really going out riding more because it's something that you can do independently. You can do it with your spouse or your partner, whoever you want to throw on the back of the bike with you. And it's something that's really fun, especially for people who have a passion for riding. And it's actually a great time to ride uh, because, well, the weather is okay in some places, but also there are fewer cars on the road. And I think that people who ride enjoy seeing less cars on the road. I know that I do. That is one nice little thing I'm going to throw out there. So, what can you do about all of these things? Well, this is just the tip of the iceberg. Obviously, I think a lot of people figured eventually walk-in business was going to decline. Eventually, more and more people would work from home. Eventually, more services would be outsourced. Eventually, there will probably be autonomous vehicles and other avenues and channels of distribution that will make selling auto insurance significantly less important in the sphere of insurance. In fact, I recently heard about an auto manufacturer that may be offering insurance at the time of purchase from their own carrier or a subsidiary or something of that, to that effect, which means that a person can go in, lease a car or finance it or even potentially buy it outright and just add the insurance into their payments. That integration is definitely efficient, although it might not be the best option for the consumer. It is something, once again, that's going to put more pressure on insurance agents that are doing that. I think it would be harder to see that in commercial auto because commercial auto vehicles have different usages than personal auto vehicles.
Okay, so what can we do about all this? Number one, accept it. Whenever change comes about, it's hard for people to accept it. And I get it. It's not always enjoyable. And the reality is, let's, let's first go to number two before we say that. Number two, adapt. Okay. The reality is, there are some people that cannot adapt because of their business model. It would literally be like starting over. And that's going to be hard. And if you literally can't adapt, you might have to evaluate your business, see how much you're making, look at your renewals, see what you can sustain, and then make some life decisions. Next, there are those people who don't want to adapt. I have been told by several agents already that they have no interest in changing what they do, and if they just make a lot less money, they don't care. It's hard for me to hear that. It depends on your situation, of course. If you had three more years until you retire, well, then you might be in a different situation. If you have 20 or more years until you retire, you're probably going to need to adapt. One dilemma is the cost of new software and services that you might have to purchase. But there's a counterpoint to that. And hear me out on this. There are things that you're going to probably have to pay for, like software or services, whether it's texting services, uh, self-service portals, different web plugins, or outsource services. And yes, those are going to cost you more money each month. You're going to have to pay for the service, okay? It's not a secret. But that might save you money in the long run because you'll no longer have to pay a person in your office or however you have a setup that is doing that service. And that person can be focused on something different. I'm going to talk about this more in a very shortly upcoming episode, but let's just touch on number three here. I think there's going to be a transition from people who work for you or people in your office or even you doing what we'll call lower level tasks, such as data entry, basic price comparison, filling out forms. I think that there's going to be a transition from paying people in your agency to do that to paying outsourced services to do that for you or using some kind of technology. And what does that mean? That means that the people who work for you are going to have to be producers or what some people in the movies call earners or whatever other word you want to use for it. You're going to need people who are more skilled at whether it's doing sales or whether they can just produce in a different way. You know, there are many different ways to bring money into an agency and to help you earn more commissions and to sell more services. I know that there are some of you out there who certainly sell more than just insurance. It's in your email signatures. I I see it all the time. And I think that you're just not going to have as many people working at your agency as you used to. And those who do work there are going to be a valuable member of the team. And I think that's great, though, because then everyone is contributing to the team and everyone's contributing to the agency. And in return, the reward is better, right? If you are a producer and you bring in lots of business and you help the agency earn commissions and grow the business, then there's a good chance you make more money than someone who just answered the phone and transfers phone calls or someone who was assigned the task of simply inputting the same data seven times into seven different carriers. So, you know, you're going to have a different team in the future. 
And we're going to touch on this uh, quite a bit more very soon. So that's where we're at in 2020 right now. Um, most importantly for me is that I have you listeners out there still joining me. And I hope that you're all doing really well right now. One thing that I want to say about insurance, once again, is it's stable. Here's the thing. People need insurance. Is it going to change? Sure. Is it going to be distributed differently? Sure. But that's okay, because you can keep up. You don't have to buy some million-dollar piece of software. There are many ways that you can keep up, and you'll be surprised when you make some changes that you might actually feel better about it. I'm going to leave you with a little story that people used to always tell me, and they would kind of make fun of me for working in insurance. There was a time when there were some industries like mortgages that were just booming, and people were making incredible amounts of money. And it was a unique time, you know, before 2008 or so, we'll say, you know, in, in the 2000s, if you will, before there was an economic crash at the time. And I had friends and acquaintances and people that I would meet. And for some reason, they were all just working in mortgages. And they were just bragging to me about all the money that they were making. And they were charging fees and points and all these different things that are money makers for them. And I remember when a guy told me he, he bought a boat. He didn't even know how to use the boat. He just bought the boat. And he was making payments on it. A couple people had gone from driving, you know, cheaper cars to buying expensive German cars. They were renting very expensive apartments. And they kept asking me, why are you selling insurance? Why are you selling insurance? And I said, well, I know I don't make what you guys are making. And, and girls, actually. There were some uh, women who were bragging to me as well. And I did understand that. I said, but the difference is this industry is consistent and people will be around buying these products, these insurance products, because they need insurance to run their businesses, to work in their homes. They want to, I'm sorry, not to work in their homes, to protect their homes or to buy life insurance, whatever it was. And I just don't know how long this thing that you're doing is going to last. Well, I'm sure you can all imagine what happened. Not that long later, within just a few years, people would tell me that they stopped making payments on their car, they stopped making payments on their boat, they were going to move back home with their parents, and me, well, I was still growing my business. I was building a book of business. I was getting renewals, and my life was actually proceeding forward. Our business was still growing, and it was great, and I felt badly for them. You know, when somebody who's in their 20s is making twenty or $30,000 a month, it's very exciting, and I wish they would have saved that money. And are they still doing that business? No, they are not. Now, are there still people who are making a lot of money in the mortgage industry? Sure. I'm sure there's great opportunity there. I, I'm not in it, but I'm sure it's a great opportunity. But none of the people I know are still doing it, really. And I, it just... It's mind-boggling what happened. As where I spent all those years uh, building my business, they just pretty much gave up all the nice toys that they had, and some of them actually did move back home with their parents. So, look, if things are a little slow for you right now, don't stress. Don't sweat it. You're going to figure it out, and things have changed. It's just a little faster than we expected, but we knew it was coming. So we're going to get through this together. All right, everybody. Thanks again for listening. You know that I appreciate you listening to the show. No, I don't even think you know how much I appreciate it. I appreciate it more than you all know, and I love being here helping everybody. 
And if you need any insights or you want to share some comments, you want to share your stories, you want me to discuss something on the show, or you have questions you want me to try to answer on the show, just send me an email. It's dave at planetoftheagents.com. Once again, that's dave at planetoftheagents.com. All right, everybody, get back out there or stay home. And you keep growing this business, keep retaining those customers, and I'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to Planet of the Agents. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss a single episode. And head over to our website at planetoftheagents.com to sign up for our newsletter and get even more information on how to grow your insurance agency.